You all can be seated. Thank you. I love doing that. That is so much fun. They were great. Well, uh, obviously it's Mother's Day, and um, uh, there was kind of a new event that happened in the Mitchell family uh, a couple of weekends ago. For the first time in over 200 years, uh, there was not a member of my family line in Indiana. And it's been a long time, and we have all the gravestones to prove it. Uh, but two weeks ago, that streak ended when my mom moved from Indianapolis, where she was in uh, independent living, to independent living in Milwaukee to be closer to my sister and her husband. And just before we left, just before we stepped out of the place where she was living in Carmel, uh, we snapped this picture of me and mom. And uh, there she is, 88 years young and in great health and just doing awesome. And then we took a picture of the four of us. So this is my sister, Amy, a picture of her and her husband, Gordon. And they're just like phenomenal as well. And my mom is awesome. I mean, I am so grateful to have a mom who is godly and she loves Jesus. In fact, as Amy and I were being raised, we knew that when mom's bedroom door was closed, that meant that she was having her time with Jesus. And so she was reading her Bible and she was spending time in prayer now a lot of Sundays, my mom is watching live uh, when we're gathered together. Uh, at least she was when she was in Indianapolis, maybe less so in Milwaukee, but she catches the messages later. So hi, mom. Uh, you know, got to make sure I say that. I'm not a football player, but I can still say hi, mom, uh, to my mom. For me, I mean, just for me, Mother's Day is a great day to celebrate an incredible woman who raised me. It's a great day to celebrate my wife who raised our three kids uh, to celebrate our daughter-in-law and our daughter who've given us a couple of grandkids and the best mother-in-love a guy could ever want. But I know that this is a really hard day for a lot of men and women. And I just want to make sure we acknowledge that. I mean, it's a day when some people are just reminded once again of the dream that they had to have children that isn't ever going to be realized. Uh, or for many who've lost their mom. And maybe even more recently, and this day is just a trigger of a lot of memories and some sadness and pain that comes there. Or for those who've had an abortion, and they just, once again, you feel that regret of that decision even more acutely on Mother's Day. I've known people who've had horrible experiences with their moms, um, whether their mom struggled with mental illness or their mom didn't have a really strong moral compass. Um, some people's moms had multiple partners through the years, or maybe she had addictions and allowed her kids to be in unsafe situations. I've heard a lot of those stories. Uh, Pastor Greg Laurie, if you saw the Jesus Revolution movie, maybe you saw that. A lot of that was about Greg Laurie's story in that, really it's about Jesus, but you know it tells a lot of his story in there. And he, he grew up, his mom was married to seven different men. And God used that still to work in his life and to shape him for ministry. And the reality is, is that God never wastes a hurt. And I say all of that simply to say that for some of you, this is a really, really tough day. And so what I wanted to do was just take a moment and pray specifically for you. And then we'll continue on with, um, with the message. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, right now we do want to pray and just, I ask for your grace and your comfort on those who are hurting um, for whatever reason and whatever memories they have or hurts or loss that they're experiencing. You know exactly what it is. You see into the deepest recesses of our hearts and souls. And so I ask God that right now your Holy Spirit would bring your healing balm on those wounds, those hurt places, and that you would bring your comfort and your care to every individual man and woman who is uh, for whom this is a tough day. And I thank you in advance for that work that you do and for that comfort that you bring. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, while Mother's Day is a man-made holiday, and we, we all know that, the reality is, is that the idea of honoring one's mom goes all the way back to God. Uh, you know, on most Sundays here at the River Church, we've been studying in Ephesians, and we've been working our way through the book of Ephesians, kind of doing a section-by-section study through it called Living in Victory. And, um, and we'll be getting back into it in the next couple of weeks. But what I'd like to do is kind of have us skip ahead. We're in chapter 4 usually. We're going to skip ahead and just take a look at a couple of verses in chapter 6. So if you have a Bible with you, open up your Bible to the book of Ephesians. If you don't have a Bible with you, open a Bible app. If you don't have the Bible app, open the Bible that's in the seat rack in front of you. You can turn to page 979, and you're going to be right where I'm going to be reading, so you can follow along without any problem. So in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verses 2 and 3, there's a really uh, interesting thing that Paul writes here to the church in Ephesus, and here's what he says. He says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. But a fascinating promise that goes along with that. Did you know this is actually one of the Ten Commandments? Uh, in the Ten Commandments, the first five were written specifically relating to our relationship with God. It's like, you'll have no other gods before me. You're going to honor the Sabbath. I mean, all of these were in our relationship with God. The second five have to do with our relationship with people here on earth. It's fascinating to me that God did not list the one about fathers and mothers like number eight, nine, ten, kind of sandwiching it in there. But when it came to relationships, he started with the family, and the focus began with our moms and our dads and making sure we honor them. So out of the Ten Commandments, this is number six, and it was a biggie to God, and it's an important one to us to make sure that we honor our mother. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, why should I honor my mom? My mom was, and then you fill in the, the blank, and it may be like, you know, a lot of things that you can fill in that. The reality is, let me just say this, every parent has flaws, right? Every parent has flaws. You have flaws, I've got flaws, and just because a mom is flawed doesn't mean that we aren't supposed to honor her. You know, I mean, you know, the reality is, is that God wants us to honor our moms. He doesn't say, honor your father and mother if they have no flaws, you know, honor them if they're perfect. It doesn't say that. It's just like honor your father and your mother. And specifically, our context today is around our moms. Furthermore, you wouldn't even be alive today if it wasn't for your parents. I mean, it took your mom and your dad to give you your specific DNA so that you could be you. We're reminded of God's intentional design of every single one of us by King David when he wrote Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Take a look at these verses on the screen. He wrote this. He said, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God has a plan for your life. He made you for a purpose. He knit you together in your mother's womb for his purposes. You wouldn't be you if it wasn't for your mother. There's a lot of different kinds of moms today. Obviously, Psalm 139, we're referencing the biological moms. But there are also stepmoms. There are grandmothers who step in to be a mom. Some moms are adoptive moms or foster moms or spiritual mentor moms. There's all kinds of moms. And today at the River Church, what we're doing is we're just, we're honoring all women and each of our moms. 
So when you take a look at like the different stages of life, and I really appreciated how uh, Pastor Rick Warren actually had these three stages laid out, real simple, and I just took his idea and built my own message off of it, but I thought it was really smart to look at the different stages of life and how we honor our moms. So I want to do the same thing and kind of build out of this. But the first one is as a child. Obviously, we saw examples of kids that were up here, but our River Kids is filled with kids. I'm so thankful we have so many young families that are part of the River Church. But as a child, we honor our moms by obeying them, right? So if you go back to Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1, I want to go back there. We read 2 and 3, but I want you to see verse 1. Verse 1 of Ephesians 6 says this. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I love how the New Living Translation uh, translates this. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. This means doing what our parents want us to do when we're young. Part of the job as parents, you all know this if you've been a parent, and you all know this if you've seen kids who haven't been parented very well, but part of the job of parents is to teach children to respect our authority and to respect authority in general. And to teach them to obey, beginning in the home. And if they learn to obey and respect authority in the home, that'll extend into the classroom. That extends out into society. Furthermore, when children learn how to obey their parents, it translates to their relationship with God as well. And they then learn how to obey their Heavenly Father. If a child doesn't learn this at an early age, it is going to be a real rough time in their life. I mean, there's going to be problems in the classroom. There's going to be problems in their relationship with God. You know, some of the problems in society uh, are a result of kids not learning to obey at an early age. If your mom taught you to obey at an early age, you can thank God for those lessons that she gave you. Kids disrespecting authority is not something that we just see on the news. You know, you watch the news. I don't know if you've seen it, but I mean, all the smash and grabs. A few weeks ago in Chicago, there's just like hordes of teenagers that were like like hundreds that had coordinated at a time that they came into, into the streets of Chicago and did all kinds of looting and smashing and grabbing. And, you know, we, where are their parents kind of thing. The reality is kids disrespecting their parents happens in Liberty Township too. You know, I... Heidi and I have friends who teach, not only in Liberty Township, but in other states as well. And what we hear really collectively from them is that there is there is just a rise of students in their classes who disrespect their authority as a teacher. And and and, and we see it on the field and in, in games as well. And again, if your mom taught you to obey her, and if, she's, if you said, why? And she says, because I'm your mom. That's not necessarily such a bad answer. It may not be complete, but it's not always a bad answer because you're respecting her position as a mom. And sometimes we respect the position of authority, even if we may struggle with the flaws of the person in authority. So that's kids. Kids are to to obey, and that's how you honor your moms. But now we're going to move up a little bit to young adult. Now talk about young adults. How How do we honor our mom as a young adult? Now, it's going to be an interesting word here. I want us to take a look first at Leviticus 19.3. Here's what it says. It says, every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. That word revere is an interesting word. Uh, it actually comes from a Hebrew word because the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. A Hebrew word which means to fear. That's what it means. So if you read it like literally, every one of you is to fear your mother or your father. Did you ever fear your mom or your dad? I mean, 
I did, not my mom. I, I don't remember ever being afraid of my mom. Dad, yes, and I deserved it, okay? So just, I'm not going to go into the stories, but there were stories. But dad, yes, but, but, but not mom. But the fear here doesn't mean like, ah, like cowering in fear. The fear it's talking about here, it means a high esteem or a high, high respect. What he's saying here is he's saying every one of us should highly revere, respect our moms. We know they have flaws, but we respect them anyway. None of us is perfect. None of us parents perfectly. None of us lives perfectly. Earlier, we took communion, remembering what Christ did for us on the cross, because we know that we have flaws. We know that we sin. But you respect your mom because she holds that position of mom. Now, you might be thinking, well, I didn't have a choice the kind of mom that I got. No, you didn't. She didn't have a choice in the kind of child she got either. You know, keep that in mind, right? It goes both ways. So in young adulthood, one of the ways that you revere or you respect your mom is the way that you speak about her to her face. You know, recently Heidi had an opportunity. She was in another setting in the community where she watched a young adult totally disrespect their mom. I mean, just right to her face, kind of sarcasm and just snarky and really putting her down, everything she said. And it was just like, it was really disrespectful, really disheartening when Heidi watched this take place. So one of the ways that you revere your mom and honor your mom as a young adult is just you speak well to her. And behind her back, you speak well about her. It's both. Proverbs 13, verse 1 says, Intelligent children listen to their parents. Foolish children do their own thing. So another way that you respect her is by listening to her. You know, and, and the Bible has a lot to say about listening to our parents. Your mom, young adult, your mom has wisdom that you need to hear. It doesn't mean you always have to do it. I mean, you're an adult. You can make your own choices. But it's important that you listen respectfully. And you honor your mom sometimes by simply asking for her advice and taking it into consideration. Now, I will say your mom has wisdom and, you know, while you may not need to hear it, she may not offer it because you're an adult and she doesn't want to impinge on that and, and such. So what you do is you go and you ask her because you're going to miss out on a treasure trove of love and wisdom and insight from somebody who cares about you probably more than almost anybody else on the planet. So ask her what she thinks. God gave you your mom for a purpose, and that's to shape you to be the man or the woman that you are today. We're going to spend some time in Proverbs looking at a couple of passages. So I'd like to have you open your Bibles, please, to Proverbs chapter 6 for a moment. It's page 531 in your seat rack Bible. Proverbs 6, we're going to just take a look at verses 20 and 23, 20 through 23. It has to do with the instructions from our parents. But look at this, beginning in verse 20. It says, My son, keep your father's commandment, and look at the next part, and forsake not your mother's teaching. So regarding what your mom and dad teach you, it says, Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck like they're always with you. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp, and the teaching is a light, and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Your mom's teaching is always with you. 
The things you learn from her are the things that are going to continue to guide you. So as a young adult, adult, one of the ways that you honor your mom is by revering her, by respecting her, and by honoring her. So that's a child, that's a young adult. Going to camp a lot of time here now on just as an adult. As an adult, how do you honor your mom? Well, first of all, you honor your mom by appreciating her, just by appreciating her. Proverbs 23, 22 says, Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. I, you know, I thought about the word despise. And so I just went, you know, on the web, I went to the antonym finder. You can look for the opposites of words. And here are some of the opposites of despising somebody. So if you're to despise not your mom, that means you love her, you respect her, you admire her, you cherish her, you enjoy her, you pay attention to her, you esteem her, you delight her. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, earlier I showed you a picture of my mom. And about 80% of the time when I get in the car, Heidi is busy. And uh, so when I'm in the car and I'm going to make a phone call, if I can't get a hold of Heidi, I call my mom. She's 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 a, the first one I want to call if I can't get a hold of Heidi. Why? Because I just enjoy my mom. And I know that it's going to, she, 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 you know, she's sitting in her independent living and maybe she's got TV on or maybe she's knitting and she, she loves to hear from her kids. She loves it. And so when I can like, you know, break into her day, I, I just do it. She has sowed seeds of prayer into my life since before I was born. And she is sweet and godly and thoughtful and interested and loving. And I don't know how much time we have. So I'm going to grab all the time I possibly can. When I'm in the car, I call my mom. And, you know, I could say the same thing about Heidi's mom. I mean, Heidi and I know that we are blessed beyond measure. You know, but what if you weren't? What if you're like, I really have trouble coming up with anything about my mom that I'm really grateful for? I mean, Brad, if you really knew my story and my life, it would be really hard for me to come up with things that I'm grateful for. Well, let me just give you a few things. Maybe you can just be grateful for her efforts, whatever they were. I mean, whatever efforts she put into raising you, you can be thankful for it. Because my guess is you probably weren't a poster child. I'm just saying, for any of us. I mean, there were times probably when you expressed your will, right? Or there were times when she had to sacrifice for you, maybe financially, maybe with a career, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, with her dreams that didn't get fulfilled. You know, there may be times when your mom had to look for you and you were nowhere to be found and she had all that anxiety that she had to carry because of her love for you. Or maybe times when she was exasperated and she didn't know where to go and what to do and how to turn. There was no YouTube, no social media, no blogs, no instant messenger, no group, friend groups that she could turn to. She had to figure it out. And she tried. That's the thing. She tried. And if your mom is still living, man, thank her for the effort that she put into raising you. Maybe she doesn't remember the effort. You know, maybe time passed and it's just sort of sifted out all the effort things and all she remembers now is just the good. But, you know, I would just really make sure that you take the time to thank her for the effort that she put into raising you. And add to that, it's not cheap to raise a child. It's just not. According to NerdWallet, in today's dollars, today's dollars, to raise a child to the age of 18, it costs about $260,000, the basics, just the basics. Now, if you add on to that, um, you know, we can just go even further. I mean, you add on to that early childhood care, college savings, uh, music and sports lessons, family vacations, electronics and gaming, uh, other purchases that are just because that number quickly goes up, according to NerdWallet, to about $746,000 per child. I think a thank you is in order, wouldn't you say so? 
A lot of you parents are like, yeah, I'm getting my kid out of River Kids right now and talking to them. They need to thank me for what we're doing. You know, that's going to happen right this minute. You know, just here's the thing. Being a mom is a super unselfish decision. I mean, you're not only putting up with the emotional challenges of raising a child, there's sacrifices that you're making that you could have had for yourself. I remember my mom not shopping for certain things, outfits or whatever, so that my sister and I could have things. Proverbs 23, 25 says, Let your father and mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. And one of the ways you do that is by showing appreciation for what she's done for you. You know, it's fascinating because in almost every other culture, the older you get, the more respected you are. But not in our culture. In our culture, the older you get, the more disrespected you are, the more marginalized, looked down, irrelevant you become. Whereas in other cultures, the older you get, the more, the more you are sought for your wisdom because you've seen a lot of life. I mean, if your mom is still alive, she has a need to know that she has made a difference in your life. And you're recognizing the significance of what she's brought into your life. Let her know that. Anytime you reach out to your mom with an email or a card or a gift or a phone call, you are showing appreciation. Another way we honor our parents is, and our moms in particular is by taking care of them. I mean, as parents age, you take care of them. You keep an eye on them. You make sure they're okay. Uh, they took care of you, and now it's your turn to take care of them. For example, if your mom is a widow, there are instructions in the Bible. Like when Paul wrote to his protege, Timothy, in his first letter, here's what he said, 1 Timothy 5.4. He said, if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. And what Paul is doing here, just so you get the context, is he's making a contrast between widows in their culture who had nobody to take care of them, and so it was up to the church to band together, pool together resources, take care of these widows, and the widows who had kids, they could do it so they wouldn't end up being a burden, per se, on the church. And so the kids need to step in. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody has to build a grandmother suite and have grandma move in and all those kinds of things. It's not saying that. I mean, if she has the means to live independently like my mom does, you know, or Heidi's parents do, you know, it's just making sure that they're cared for. That's the responsibility of the next generation. So I said, my mom's a widow. My dad's been gone just over seven years. Heidi's dad is still living. He turned 89 yesterday. Her mom's 87. They still live in their house. Uh, we've got people, we, you know, Heidi's done a lot of work to make sure, and so have her brothers, to make sure that uh, her parents have somebody coming in, uh, you know, through the week to take care of them. During COVID, Heidi was ordering groceries for her mom to, be, to have them delivered to the house and making sure medical appointments were taken care of and all these things. She was doing, and she, now she flies to North Dakota every few weeks to check in on her parents and take care of some needs that they have. And I'm just saying, parents, you are modeling for your kids how you want them to take care of you. Remember that. Okay, you are modeling for your kids how you want them to take care of you. And you're modeling what the Bible teaches about caring for our families. A couple of verses later, Paul writes this to Timothy, and this is pretty big. Take a look at this. He says, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially members of his, of his household, he's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Wow. I mean, that's intense. You know, family is so important to God. And he considers you his child. And he adopted you into his family. And so your family matters to God as well. I mean, think about this. Even on the cross, Jesus looked down and had concern for his mom. 
There are seven things he said when he was on the cross. You know, things like, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And, you know, it is finished, which meant that the debt had been paid for our sins. But in the middle of all that, he looks down at his closest friend, who's one of his disciples, John. And, and here's how John describes what happened. He said, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, and that was John, standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Jesus made sure that his mom was cared for. Jesus made sure his mom was cared for. He set the example. Pastor Rick Warren, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life, awesome book, he writes this. He said, I'll never forget in the second grade, I decided I wanted to buy my mother a Mother's Day gift. I didn't have a lot of money, of course, so I went over to a thrift store where there was used clothing. I bought my mother a dress for 50 cents. I thought this was the coolest dress I had ever seen. It was one of those Asian silky satiny single pieces, kind of like a geisha would wear. He said, I thought my mom would look great in this geisha outfit. It was shimmery, silky satin kind of thing. So I take it up to the clerk and I buy it. It just so happens this clerk at the thrift store knew my mom. This is like a size one dress. And I take it up there and the clerk says, Ricky, your mom can't put her big toe in this dress. Because my mom was like a size 14, he said. He said, I was so offended. Think of this a little second grader. I was so offended and so defensive of my mom that she put her down. I couldn't wait to get out of there. I held back the tears till I got out of the store and I burst into tears. Then he continues. When my mom died a few years ago, I found that dress in the treasure chest. He said, it doesn't take a lot of money to honor your mother. It just takes a lot of love. That's free. They don't need you to buy them expensive things. Their needs aren't that great in old age. But they do need your attention. For those of you who've had a rough relationship with your mom, whether she's still living or she's since passed away, I want to give you a verse that is a promise. You know, it's one to think about through this day and maybe in the days to come. Let the Holy Spirit use it just to bring God's strength and God's comfort to to your inner place of, of hurt. King David of Israel, the guy who wrote Psalm 23, which is a great psalm of comfort, knew a lot about being betrayed, knew a lot about being abandoned by those who were close to him. In Psalm 27, verse 10, here's what he writes. For my father and mother have forsaken me. Just think of those words. But the Lord will take me in. Just a reminder that you're part of God's family, that you belong, that he sees you, that he knows you, that he loves you and he cares for you. And you belong to him. And before we close, a couple of things. One, uh, for every woman in here, okay? Not you dudes, anybody who's not a dude. You know, for every woman in here, we have a gift for you that's just right outside here, uh, these doors on a table. There's some bracelets for you. Uh, Please, take a bracelet. It's just our gift to you to honor you as well. Uh, The fireplace area out here in the building is a great place for pictures with family and such. So feel free to utilize that. And then for those of you who are new here at the River Church, we have a connection room right through these doors. We'd love to have you just swing in there real quick so we can say hi. We want to give you a gift. It's just our way of saying thank you for coming to the River Church. Would you stand with me, please? We say a prayer of blessing. Heavenly Father, I thank you 
for every single person, both in this room, online, participating in this service. I ask God now for your blessing upon them, for your grace. I thank you, Father, that you have called us to be part of your family, your heavenly family, and that you've taken us in. You know our name, you know our hurts, our needs, everything, God. And so right now, it's just with grateful hearts that we come before you, and I pray this blessing of peace and joy and health and strength upon every single person. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful Mother's Day.